Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse. Whether you're on your way to work, at the gym, or wherever and whenever you have the time to get updated. So, are you ready? Let's get into it. This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, a personal recommendation or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam North and I'm joined by Josh Gilbert. Josh, how are you? I'm doing good today, Sam. How are you? Yeah, yeah, very well. Very well. Sun is shining. There's blue skies. Arsenal aren't top. We bottled the league. But other than that, I'm OK. How are you doing? Good week I didn't so want to say it. I didn't want to say that, but it's one of those you just want to get it out of the way so no one else can stick it in. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If you can't laugh then what's the point, eh? What is the point? Remember when those final day tickets were selling for 25 grand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever they were. Um, A a friend of mine, uh, I think, had an offer for for five, six and didn't accept it because he thought, you know what? It's going to be more than that come what may, pun intended. And I don't think he's got anywhere near that now, bless him. Uh, But then, you know, if you're selling tickets for over the face value, I don't really have much sympathy unfortunately um let's talk about our topics then today we're we're getting to the back end of earnings season so it'd be good to i guess to to wrap that up uh review whether it was good whether it was bad or whether it was ugly uh we'll also talk about the debt ceiling and discuss its importance and relevance to the future direction of markets before we then wrap up uh with an outlook on crypto we haven't discussed that for a while so that'd be good to talk mm-hmm. about and discuss what could be the next move uh or the next sort of catalyst for a move higher or lower all good with you josh sounds good to me yeah yeah um i think those are the the key topics that everyone's sort of talking about at the moment we've had a we've had a heard a few bits this week we obviously had tesla annual shareholder meet uh, most people probably would have seen that nothing too crazy coming out the back of that Elon Musk isn't stepping down as CEO, which is probably good news to Tesla investors. Um, but yeah, those are probably the, the the hottest topics at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. I reckon. Yeah, good news for Tesla shareholders that when uh, when he mentioned that. Um, let's talk about the earnings then. Uh, firstly, as I said, there is still some this week. So are there any names in particular you're keeping an eye on? And secondly, when it's all said and done this earnings season, how are we reviewing it? um expectations heading into it weren't that great did that prove to be true or did the analysts get it wrong uh or are we coming out with uh, a glass half full instead and what are we thinking about the next batch in two and a bit months Mm. yeah so i think initially just straight off the bat i think it's probably glass half full and i think we'll we'll get on to that as as to why in a moment but um, we've we've got some big names still coming through. You know, most of the the bigger names have reported. Um, even outside of the US, I know we're you know predominantly focusing on the US, but outside of the US, we've got China's reporting season kicking off as well. So we're going to hear from Tencent and Alibaba. 
um, this week as well. So obviously those sort of ADRs that are listed in the US will probably see some movement over the next couple of days. They are two probably of the biggest uh, tech names, I think, with investors. And it's been a tough few months for Chinese tech as well. Um, You know, after that sort of reopening, uh, you know, sort of really brought some optimism into shares. Since that time, um, we've seen a a fair bit of weakness over the last sort of three months. And I think investors will be hoping that the reporting season can give a much needed boost um, to those equities. But similar to the US, expectations are low. Earnings estimates for the Hang Seng remain near record lows. Alibaba sales growth is set to come in under 3% and Tencent is going to report single digit growth, which is a stark contrast from the years of their 20% plus uh, revenue growth as well. So that's, you know, some big names to watch uh, over in China that report this week. In the US, we've got Walmart to come. We had some disappointing results from Home Depot earlier this week as well. And I think those are two names that may show very different results. So we had Home Depot. That was from a retailer perspective. And then we've got Walmart from the consumer staple side. Um, Home Depot reported its biggest revenue miss in 20 years, lowered its four-year forecast as well. So really poor set of results. That is ultimately just consumers cutting back on home renovation, spending more, improving their homes, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas on the other side of that, Walmart, we like to see that down trade to essentials, right, with better than expected earnings and probably uh, a stronger outlook with them raising their their full year targets as we see, you know, just consumers, you know, finding that inflation and interest rates in the US, you've got interest rates at 5%, that is going to have an impact. um, And that is ultimately going to eat into budgets that is going to see that down trade and consumer staples tend to perform well in those environments. But coming back to overall, I think investors, you know, probably breathing a bit of a sigh of relief from this earnings season. Another resilient quarter, 75% of stocks, um, all sectors beaten forecasts. We've got est- uh, earnings estimates now rising. Um, and of course, as you said, Sam, this is coming from lower expectations, but tech saw a return to growth. AI got investors excited and big tech flexed its financial muscle. We had you know, a lot of good numbers from, from big tech. And as we know, they dominate um, indexes these days. And, you know, that was positive for markets. I think we've still got quite a few, you know, economic headwinds. I think stocks short term might face uh, a bit of a bump in the road. We might, you know, see the effects of an earnings slowdown, which is we are seeing an earnings slowdown without a doubt, but it just hasn't been as bad as uh, as expected. Combine that with maybe some low volatility and, you know, what we get is is sort of poor mid-year seasonality as well. That could, you know, any sort of weakness there, I think could see some opportunity for the medium term, even though we think stocks will still be resilient. If there is some pain in the short term, you know, it will open up some some opportunities going into the back end of the year, especially if we do go on to see those rate cuts, if we do go on to see inflation beginning to come down. Yeah, well, it, one thing is for sure, is that if you click your fingers, it will be the next earnings season in a minute. Absolutely. The way it, it comes round. Um, some of those names that haven't reported yet that are reporting next week, uh, that will be familiar to some of you. NVIDIA um, on May the 24th, so seven days' time from when we're recording this. You've got Salesforce on May the 31st, and I'm sure many people have heard of Costco 
they report on May the 25th as well. Just a couple of companies maybe to keep an eye on. But overall, uh, and I mentioned this, I think, last week or the week before, you know, when just looking at the earning day performance uh, on Finviz, and there's more green than red for sure. I mean, yes, some companies did have a poor earning season, um, you know, earnings day result and uh, haven't necessarily recovered from that. But for the most part, I think we can give it a thumbs up. And as you mentioned, 75% of stocks and all sectors have beaten forecast there, which is is great. Um, also, you mentioned there about the the AI uh, and I think the, the mentions in uh, company calls has just gone up drastically year on year. It's incredible. And I also saw in America, um, Statista did a, a survey of how many people have used an AI tool. And obviously, ChatGPT was the most common. 20% of people from their survey had, had used it, and 89% would use it again. And I, I, I don't know whether I was shocked by that, but I thought, I thought, I mean, relatively, it's still kind of early, and I actually thought it would be lower than 20%. So I wonder if how much of this AI story is actually priced in already. Mm. Um, you know, I thought maybe we'd be a little bit earlier than that. I thought maybe we were trendsetters, Josh, but we're not quite uh, one in five Americans. If everyone's talking it. about it, then you are too late, aren't you? That's, That's usually the it. Way. That is it. And it's something maybe I'm just going to have to have a little look at when um, analyzing some stocks from now on. Um, let's move on, not just to focus on stocks, but the broader market. Uh, and this is something that could well affect things in the short, medium and long term. Um, you know, some people feel very nervous about the debt ceiling. Some people think we've seen it all before and the can is just going to be kicked down the road and markets are just cracking on. Josh, what's your two pence and your two cents? <laughs> Got to make sure we get the pence and the cents. Yes. Um I think from my perspective, again, could be massively wrong. We could be looking back at this podcast and laughing at me, but I think it's just a kick in the can down the road. I think there's too much incentive from from both sides to, to sort of get this done. And as you say, we're sort of reaching ever closer to default day for the US on, on that sort of debt ceiling. I think, I think it is, though, maybe worth explaining what exactly it is. And um, I think because a lot of people might be the first time people have heard of it, what it means if they've joined markets in the last year or so. Um, and also, even if you've been in markets for years, you might not be necessarily f- familiar with it. But ultimately, bottom line is it's um, it, it's the limit placed by Congress in the US on the amount of debt that the government can accrue. This is in order to pay its bills, um to those it borrowed it from and then divvy out the money from everything from health benefits the military salaries and whenever the government needs more money the debt ceiling has to be raised and basically the amount of debt available has been met and hence the debt ceiling being reached so we're at the top of the ceiling right now um and the treasury secretary uh janet yellen said that extraordinary measures have been taken so that the country can pay its bills and avoid default as the two um, basically parties battle it out, right? We, we've got Joe Biden on one side, um, you know, ultimately it's it, it's a battle battle of two and, and we don't seem to be finding an answer just yet. But a default would occur if the US fails to pay bondholders who have lent money to the government. We had a similar scenario in 2011, but it was resolved and the US has, has never um defaulted on its debts so what does that mean well it means that if it does it would mean 
you know, pandemonium, chaos for the US and global economies as well. So it's not just restricted to, to the US. Um, and this is actually going, I found this earlier, this is going off the US Treasury website, and it warns that a default on the debt would precipitate pre- precipitate another financial <laughs> crisis and threaten the jobs and savings of everyday Americans. So that's sort of pretty scary, I think, especially if you're an investor listening to that as well. Um, But I think first and foremost, it's worth noting that I think the most likely scenario here is that the US government raises its debt ceiling. And as you say, Sam, kicks the can down the road. Um, I mentioned it a minute ago, but a default would be such a widespread issue that I think there's enough incentive here to ultimately reach a deal. Um, and I think because of that, investors maybe aren't too worried. Um, the VIX is still below its long-term average. S&P 500 is still trading near 10-month highs. Not quite at those highs, but it's still trading near it. And there's no significant drop in volumes. We've seen a you know a, a bit of a, a, a sort of pullback in volumes, but nothing um, you know massively there. So again, this could be massive if it does happen. Um, but I think like I say, the fact that they never have, I mean, we had COVID, so who, who knows, right. But the incentive from both sides, what it would mean would be, you know, it'd be catastrophic ultimately. Um, so it's worth positioning. It's worth sort of shaping, you know, mixing, not mixing up your portfolio, but maybe adjusting that portfolio, reviewing the portfolio to, you know, to, to, to see if you have too much risk in there, because I think safe haven assets such as gold will be what investors look to. You're going to have utilities, healthcare, consumer staples, those types of names as well will be where investors look to, um, you know, if, if a crisis does occur, because ultimately we're not going to turn our lights off. We're still going to need to eat and we're probably going to still need to see the doctor as well. So that's why those assets tend to perform uh, so well in, in those times as well. So look at a big worry overall, but I think maybe it's um, it's a, it's a mountain on a molehill. Is that right? Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> it, it's it's quite an interesting subject, really. And the market tells you it's not. By the way, the market has just gone sideways. It's done nothing. It's in the smallest range it's been for for quite some time. But this is a big, big subject. And 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 I guess for those that are super bearish, the the worst case scenario for markets is is kind of getting behind us, where inflation would start to go back up. And then this debt ceiling would would lead to issues, the um the, the regional bank stuff that the Fed would then have to cut, but they couldn't because inflation was was high. That's kind of not happening. Um so I think worst case is is very, very unlikely now. But for good news to get us higher at the moment, I think maybe we do need a bit of a, a new catalyst or we do need uh, to, to drop lower. I, I think from a sentiment point of view, and you can do this with with technical analysis. The S&P, as you mentioned, there is, is trading near those sort of 10-month highs. 4,200, very, very important ceiling, February high and also the high from September. And then you've got 4050, which has been tested uh, multiple times as a support throughout April and May. It was resistance in March and support in February. Big, big, big key level above there. The market has sort of brushed things away below 4050. Uh, and then you say it starts to get worse. But what will be really interesting for investors is if we do get that dip, do people step in? Do people buy the dip um, and, and look to, to to get in where maybe some people missed out in, in this run that we've had since October? Uh, albeit, yes, there's been chances in December and March to get in again. 
Um, so look, people obviously are, are probably right to take a little bit of risk off the table, protect yourself. But I think there will be some people that are staying in because if this market does go higher, they don't want to be left alone. Mm. Um, so it's going to be really interesting just to see how that develops. It's, uh, a bit of a catch 22 i imagine for some investors um, i'm in the market not timing the market i think is probably a good saying there i think absolutely ben laidler is smiling right now as he hears that here's us saying it that's one for you ben um our last subject is is crypto and i guess in a way it's, it's linked to everything that we've said so far a very strong start to the year it's kind of led to a bit of a sideways movement um in in some crypto assets since then um what do you think we need to get that next push higher how are you feeling uh, about the asset class at the moment positive negative or you or not too sure yeah look i mean short term we're going to still face those sort of headwinds that i think markets are facing um again with any sort of economic uncertainty crypto is always going to probably be one of those first assets on the chopping block when it comes to risk um so i think short term it's going to face those speed bumps without a doubt but i think what we're seeing at the moment with the banking crisis a lot of debt ceiling talk i think all of that plays into crypto's hands you know especially mm. bitcoin you've got a finite supply of an asset it's decentralized with one person in with no one person in control and that helps to avoid the very issues we're seeing right now whether that's with the banking crisis, whether that's with the debt ceiling talk. So it, it, that, that sort of narrative, I think, around crypto um, is is really being helped right now. I say narrative, it's more than a narrative. It's, it's you know, it's it's factual, right? Um, and I think that plays into, you know, Bitcoin and, and crypto's hands very well. You know, we, we saw a move above 30K in April. You know, a bit of that catalyst came from lower inflation expectations, rate expectations coming down. But since then, we've sort of pulled back. We found we found a bit of resistance. Found it hard to sort of move any higher than that. You know, fears over a recession crept in a little bit. We had you know a lot of talk from the SEC, so a crackdown from regulators didn't really help the asset either. Um, we did have some positivity though from Ethereum as well after the Shanghai upgrade. Um, that saw ultimately staked Ethereum unlocked after two years. A lot of investors thought that could be bad news. It ended up being good news. Um, again, another huge development in the space, which I always think if we're seeing those technological de developments, it's always going to be positive. You know, we saw ETH jump above 2K in April for the first time in, in eight or nine months. So that was really positive. But I think the key catalyst is, is going to be, you know, as we're sort of seeing it with, with equities in the sense that US inflation falling and you know, rate cuts happening at the end of the year, because that is what markets want to see. Markets are pricing in two to three rate cuts, you know, before year end. And I think that spells positivity for crypto. But I think if that changes and inflation maybe stalls, we don't see rate cuts, maybe they don't eventuate. Um, I think crypto will come under pressure because again, as I say, it's starting to price that in now, I think. I think Bitcoin being at 30K was under the assumption that, we're going to see a couple of rate cuts at the end of the year because that came basically straight off the back of, um, you know, the banking crisis, which, you know, ultimately dialed down the Fed's, you know, rate hike expectations, you know, pretty much instantly, given that, um, you know, sort of the tighter liquidity from the banking crisis did some of the Fed's job. So I think short term, we're definitely going to see some headwinds over the next, you know, a few months. I think that, 
you know, there's going to be plenty of resistance. Um, there's not going to be a lot of volumes. There's, I don't think there's any real catalyst to drive us higher until we start seeing rates coming down and inflation coming down um, further from here uh, for the market to like it. We are still getting some positive developments. I mean, we've got Apple um, apparently looking to bring out their VR headset in a couple of mm. um in, in a couple of weeks, which again, I think is positive in terms of blockchain, in terms of metaverse tokens, those sorts of assets. So there's still lots of positivity going on in the background. And now retail investor beat survey says that, you know, investors looking at crypto are doing so for the long term. And I think that's the key here. Long term, this asset class hasn't sort of, you know, changed course over the last couple of weeks. It's still on that same course. Um, but it is going to come under pressure for sure. Long term, you know, still ultimately looking as as good as it did uh, years ago. Yeah, very interesting. And actually, I was just looking at at the Bitcoin chart and 25K, the big level, the big level for bulls to defend and also for bears to, to try and, and get us lower. Uh, it was previous resistant August last year, summer last year, and then February this year. Haven't retested it. That's the key level where... If you're bullish, it's got to defend. Uh, and it's actually been pretty technical this year. We went up to 30K. But of course, 30K was just support from 2021 multiple times. So we retested that. Price comes lower. Yes, we needed a new catalyst to get to, to, to push on. We didn't quite have that. So it's a wait and see. And again, similar to the S&P 500, we, we can mark out those key levels and, and almost let the market tell you what's going on. Um, another thing to just to note, uh, and I was having a little play around with the podcast yesterday. He's looking at the stats and where people listen to. Big shout out to Dubai, by the way, one of our top listeners. Um, but on Spotify, for those that are listening via their app, you have the ability now to vote on a poll, which I can create. So I'm going to create one for each episode going forward. I might be able to create more than one. There's also Q&A as well. So any questions that you have that you want answered in the podcast, please do get them in there, market-related. Um, but, uh, yeah, we can add those in from now. I've, I tested it out on a couple of old episodes, and it seems to work. So a nice new feature there for Spotify. Uh, on that, Josh, I guess we can review any questions that we have for next week. Absolutely. Um, but thank you, as always, for joining. No, nope, thank you very much. Maybe we might have to have a special session if we get lots of questions. Might have to have a special episode, Q&A. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great tool. Looking forward to absolutely, it. Absolutely, for sure. Take care, everyone. You have been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, use eToro.com.